Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Tuesday morning. The T stands for Tuesday today because I'm just keeping it easy. Yeah. Spoiler alert, uh, this is actually uh, still Monday, and it's only about like 10 hours since we recorded our last show. It's it's right around that mark. You know, that <laughs> we're, we, are, we are, yeah, we were just here. So. <laughs> Unfortunately, no huge news broke in that time, so we don't have like a, a pressing topic. I want to thank everybody who's listening to us today. Uh, wherever you're listening to us uh, from, however you listen to us, be it at supertalk.fm, or if you're a subscriber on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify, or any other place you're getting your podcast, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there across the world taking care of us. Remember, you have the general's permission to take leave this weekend to return. And if I need to speak to your superior officer, you put him on the phone with me, and I'll tell him what for. I ain't afraid of him. What's he going to do? Boss me around? I think not. So, I mean, you know, uh, get Trump on the line. I'm sure he could get pull some strings, get some people down here starful for the for the weekend. He can make all. it happen. Yeah, yeah. That'd be bigly, <laughs> very bigly of him to do. We need MSU <laughs> Trump to weigh in on this as the commander in chief. He's uh, kind of going silent lately, hasn't he? He, I hadn't he, seen he picks his spots. Lately. He got he got little Ross Bjork the other day when he uh, when he took the A and M job. But other than that, yeah, he's he's really been picking his spot. I think he may be more of a football fan than anything. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully, our uh, our 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 leader will return to us. Um, also, want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. It is getting hot out there. You want to get yourself cooled down? Go get one of those tremendous iced drinks you know, or frozen hot chocolate over at Strange Brew, or of course, just to go across the way there and get a homemade, handmade ice cream sundae. With all the fixings. Saw the Horka family made a visit to the church. They did. They did. There you go. And his his brother's up here. He's 2-0. and Yeah. Yeah, we got to get that kid a scholarship somehow. Let's yeah. Get him talking to, uh, to Dr. Keenum about some, uh, some academic assistance. <laughs> and we'll get him and we'll get him on board. Uh, today's show, we're going to talk, obviously, the, we've got our second SEC preview. Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators are on the hot seat today. We'll talk about them. Yeah. But... <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to come in there with the with the impression, uh, but we're going to sort of expound on something I said on yesterday's show. We looked it up, and I was pretty sure this was the case. As was Joel. Joel and I were, were we thought it was, but we we made sure. MSU is the only program in the country with four straight super regionals at, at this point. Um, and then you talk about you know you think around the country, right? Oregon State, Arkansas, LSU, Florida. No, not four, not four straight, not four straight. So. I said yesterday that this is where MSU's program should be. Consistent, year in and year out. Challenging for the postseason. And I think the labels of baseball get in the way somehow. Because if I told you that the MSU basketball team had made four straight Sweet 16s, that the hump is packed, solid, nobody is, is unhappy every night. Yep. You're like, that is incredible. But because there's the, so... If the football team had been to four straight BCS access bowls or whatever they call which, them... Yeah. Which is basically what that would be. Yeah. People are losing their minds happy. But because in baseball there's so much weight put on the College World Series, that that's the penultimate, you sort of lose track of the tournament itself sometimes. This is a tremendous accomplishment for this program. And then, of course, when we take into account the four different coaches, it really speaks to the, the, you know, how solid things are top to bottom with Mississippi State baseball. 
Is this the nation's most, you, this is the word you use, and I'm going to make you answer the question now. Is this the nation's most consistent program right now? Since 2016, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I know there's some other fan bases, and, and someone might can do some more research and pull out some programs and make some, some arguments, but. Well, no one's going to pull out Nobody's going to pull out four original. straight supers. Yeah. Uh, you know, since since 2016, it, it is tough to argue. It, I, does I, last I year make just... the argument tougher? Because I know you you, ruff, you ruffled some feathers talking about luck yesterday. Uh, yesterday, but the 2018 run is highly based in luck. Well, it, it, it is, and and don't misunderstand me. And I think most people got it. I only, I only got a couple of comments on that, but you know you have to have some breaks go your way. Was what I was trying to say mm-hmm. along the way. And that 2018 team was one that had, had, had them, some yeah. breaks go their way. Now some of those breaks were created by talent too. Yeah. Don't, don't misunderstand that either. In, in 2017, state had no pitching. They had to have some breaks go their way, yeah. and, and they did. The 2018 uh, team is somewhere between the third best team in the country and what they were at the beginning of March. That's what that team was. It should have been a 35 to 40 win regular season team. Uh, that you know was in the hosting discussion. They had the talent to be that, but the off the field stuff ruined that possibility. Yeah. The 2017 team, like you mentioned, that's probably of this bunch of, of this group of teams, the ones that overachieved the most because, they, like you said, they, they had no pitching. Yeah, but I, I think that it speaks to what we talked about yesterday and what we're talking about today. There is a bloodline that runs through this Mississippi State program that, like, even if things are bad. There is something that, guys, we can still get it done. I think back to that team that uh, the 2007 state team mm-hmm. that wasn't a great team. No, they weren't. Got to got to Omaha. Mm-hmm. They just figured it out. Um, this team's been to the College World Series now ten times on the brink of eleven. Mm-hmm. There is just a mentality, a bloodline, something about this program now that just, regardless of the circumstances, expects to be there in the end. Um, Gosh, the last few years especially, this team has almost become – I make a lot of Atlanta Braves comparisons on this show because of, of the you way – You go with but, what you know. But, like, it, it's so reminiscent. I know the Braves did finally get it done in 95, but that f- run of 14 straight division titles, and they were just in the running every single year um, and, and never, you know, only finished it off that one time. I feel like State is kind of in that realm now to where you can about go into every season knowing they are going to be there in the end. And – you know, I know that everyone listening out there is just hoping beyond hope that one day they finish it off. But to finish it off, you have to be in that discussion. And Mississippi State as a program now has gotten to where they are in it every single year. I try and think of a like an SEC football comparison. And I guess a little bit maybe it's like LSU, who, who here recently hadn't won a national title, but yet they go into every it's, year it's with a It's what Georgia is becoming. Yeah. Would be how I look at Georgia is about to take its step into every year they're going to be there, and you know whether they win a national title or not. I mean, you saw how close they were two years ago, but they're going to be there every year. You know, they're not. They're not. You know, I, for SEC baseball right now, probably the best program, top to bottom, not not most consistent, but the best. It's between Arkansas and Florida. You know. Arkansas got really. I mean, they should have won the national title last year. Florida's catch won a one foul ball and You catch a foul ball and you win the national title. Uh, and then Florida's won one past couple of years. Uh, th- that's that's sort of where they are. But for consistency, you know, in the team, 
Arkansas, I feel like you know they're going to be there, but they haven't made four straight Super Regionals. Florida, you think they're going to be there, but they haven't made four straight. They had a down year. They were lucky to get into the NCAA tournament, to be completely obvious, completely honest. I'm sorry. So, yeah, this, this, this team right now and this program right now, it, it has that consistency that you want, and they do have that mentality of we're going to be there in the end. You know, and now last year it took a long time to get there, but when they got there, there was no stopping them until the until they ran into the best team in the country. This year, they may be the best team in the country. Are they the best team in the country? Mississippi State? Yeah. Uh, if JT Ginn was completely healthy, I would sit here and, and tell you yes. I, I really think they are the best team in the country with a healthy JT Ginn. With him out, that kind of makes me evaluate it a little more. Um I really like Peyton Plumley and what he's done, but you know, if, if you get into a situation, even if you get past this the super and you get to Omaha, and you only have two starters that you know you can count on, um, and, and you know Ethan and Peyton, I'm not as confident anymore that, yeah. that they are the best team in the country. You know, if they had a fully, you know, if again, you know, best case scenario, State goes out and wins two this weekend. JT never has to pitch, and he gets a couple weeks of rest, and he's a okay for Omaha. Yeah. Then you get in a situation where, yeah, I'm favoring the dogs in Omaha. Yeah. Because their lineup, top to bottom, we've talked about this already, is maybe the best in the country. And it's kind of built for Omaha, too, isn't it? you got a bunch of guys. you got some pop, obviously, for home runs. But winning in college, in college World Series, to me, is about hitting doubles. You, just because the, the outfield is so big out there. You've got to be able to hit the ball into the outfield, and this is the team that can do that. Yeah, I'll play devil's advocate there and say that Hoover plays a little bit the same way and State didn't have a lot of success in Hoover. Let's do that, too. But – uh. But I agree with you, by and large. I think, I think they'd be a little more motivated to win in Omaha. Speaking of Hoover, uh, oh. <laughs> boy, hadn't a little bit of uh, you know hindsight yeah. gone to show that, indeed, Hoover does not matter. It doesn't matter. It ma- I'll take it back. All right. I'm, I'm going to say it one more time. It matters to some. It mattered to Ole Miss. It mattered to Ole Miss. Ole Miss needed what happened to, in Hoover to happen. State could just not showed up, and, and the things would be the exact same as they are today. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And you look at this run that we're talking about a success for State the last four years in particular, four Supers. They've kind of stunk it up at the SEC tourney. They have. I mean, they've had some ugly, ugly losses, but it has not affected a darn thing in any of the postseasons. Not a one of them. I mean, they've rolled through regionals. They've gotten to Omaha. (laughs) The SEC tournament, folks, I cannot stress enough. That usually, and you're right, Ole Miss, it mattered for them. And there's some teams every now and then that you need some wins to either host or get in or whatever. It counts sometimes. Yeah. But for teams like State the last few years especially, it just it hadn't meant a thing. Yeah, and, I agree. Um, yeah, it's it hadn't meant, it hadn't meant anything. And But, yeah, I just – this State program, is it the – I'm kind of all over the place here, but I was thinking about this last night as I was sitting there watching and – Nine, ten thousand people at Duty Noble for the third straight night watching the regional. I anticipate that this coming weekend that there will be five-figure crowds for every game. Is state baseball easily this? Well, it's not easily, but is state baseball the second biggest sport on this campus? That's a good question. I mean, it's it's it is. But women's basketball gives it a run for its money. That's what I was going to say. With how women's basketball has risen the last five years. Attendance is more consistent at women's basketball. But, of course, you play twice a week and maybe once at home and play instead of playing maybe four games at home. And you're not playing midweek games at 4 p.m. against, you know, directional school state either. You know, kind of thing, too. Right, right, right. 
it's a different beast. But it's a different. I, the other thing is this: there's a lot of MSU fans. There's a lot that just they just don't care for women's basketball for whatever reason. But baseball has been so ingrained into MSU culture and has been good for so long that it's hard to find an MSU fan that's just straight up. I don't. There are people who say I don't like women's basketball. You can't really find a whole lot of state fans who are just straight. I don't like baseball. Yeah, you know, especially because the nature of baseball it's it's relaxed. You can have a little bit more fun with it. You can just go out to the ballpark and just sort of be there. And it's not the bombardment of sound that women's basketball or football can be. Yeah, you know, you can enjoy. You don't have to be a huge baseball fan to enjoy going yeah. to a baseball game. You can't go to a women's basketball game if you don't like the sport. Yeah, that's true. At baseball, you can sit on the berm or. Sit up in your lounge or sit up on the loft if you're, you know, fortunate enough to have one of those. And it's almost just like sitting on the back porch and checking out what's the score every now and then if that's how you want to do it. You know, I know some people hang on every pitch and that's cool too. But yeah, it is more of a, more of just a, a, a family type enjoy it atmosphere at, at baseball. So you, you can enjoy it in multiple ways. But, um, I, we started this by just talking about the consistency of the program and, it really, to me, when you think about Mississippi State baseball, where do you rank it? Like in the SEC, where where, where do you just just look at the conference? I'm not talking about the nation, but uh, you see, I've seen Kendall Rogers and some of those guys over the course of the last few months. They've kind of ranked, you know, coaching jobs in the SEC and things like that. Where do you put state baseball in the? I guess the the. Pantheon of SEC about where I would rank programs, or where yeah. if I'm a coach, where I rank the job. Ah, uh, well, do it both ways. Okay, I mean, if I'm going to rank the job. I might put state number one. I might, I honestly might do it because it seems as if the scholarship limitation issue that was such a hot topic issue for so many years has just been dealt done away with. You know, nobody really complains about it anymore. The state's recruiting great. Um, obviously, Vanderbilt has their advantages and some of the other schools, but None of them have Duty Noble Field, and none of them have the fan support outside of LSU. But LSU doesn't have Duty Noble Field. As, as nice as the new box is, it's not Duty Noble Field. That's it. If, I, if I'm a coach, mm-hmm. I think I may go Vandy. Well, but your job's you easier. Have, you, you your have job an is easier. Your job, you have all that. You know, you have the edge because yeah. of that. But then there's sort of there's something to that to me. If for you have the edge, if you don't deliver, you got some big problems there. You know, they they ain't gonna just you know. Oh, we just went to the regional this year. Not good enough. Not yeah. good enough, you know. I think right now MSU could take a year where they go back to the regional, and they, they they get knocked out, and nobody would really lose their mind. I and, actually, I actually think Tim Corbin. This is weird to say. Mm-hmm. I think he's may have underachieved. Oh, there's no question. My, with the, for the with, advantages with that he has, <laughs> I mean, think about some of the teams they've had. Think about that team with Pedro Alvarez and David Price. They lost. In their, they lost in a home regional. They went twenty-seven and three in the conference the other year and lost a home super regional. I mean, where they were the number one overall seed. I mean, They've underachieved for sure. They got a national title. Don't get, yeah. me, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, we'd love to to have that, but yeah. Then as far as just the overall program, top to bottom, I mean, how can you not rank it number one? It has the most support. It has the best facilities. It has great tradition. Uh, you know, what what what, what you have? And the other thing to remember is you had an athletic director who used to be the baseball coach. And I know you're going to say the same thing for South Carolina, but their facilities aren't as good. And I mean, they used to be better, but they're not anymore. And they just don't have they don't have the same fan support that how Mississippi State does. How come? And I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you. I mean, you could obviously make cases for other programs, LSU, um, whatever. But how come you think? Because I think you would agree with me in saying that 
if we were to talk to a Kendall Rogers or an Aaron Fitt or, you know, I don't know, Ben McDonald, or you pick out a, any college baseball guy right. that you want to pick out, I don't think any of them would say that Mississippi State is the best baseball program in the SEC. I don't think a single one of them. Probably, I may be wrong. You're probably right. I don't think I mean, they would. How come you and I? Is it just? Is that homerism? It is might it just be. Bias? Might is be a little biased. We've been here. We've what seen are it? we basing it on, though? Are we, I mean, other than the nat, Florida has nat, a national title. Yeah, but their stadium is a dump, and they're building a new one, and it's just going to be what a little six thousand stadium. It'll, it'll it'll look okay, but it's not. They don't have the fan support, Mississippi State. Every Florida fan in the world would sell their soul for football. And not one of them would for baseball. LSU is probably the the top choice here because they have the support, they have the tradition, they have and facilities, the they have players, they and they have some scholarship advantages. LSU is probably the right answer. They, they have the titles. To, they to have the titles too. And, and here's where I'm kind of going with this: if State gets it done, if they win this weekend and then they go to Omaha and glory, glory, hallelujah, they lift the trophy at the end and the fireworks go off. And Mississippi State is your 2019 national champion. Mm-hmm. Does the perception finally become that Mississippi the, State is the premier baseball program? I think it has to. Because, I mean, then you're the national champion playing in the crown jewel facility with, you know. With four straight supers, four now a super. national title. Yeah. Does it finally what? nationally, not just you and I sitting here on Thunder and Lightning, but that's one of those across things across the country become Mississippi State we'll is go, the crown jewel. We'll go back to what I was talking about with Georgia. Georgia has incredible facilities in football, ton of fan support. They they have the possibly the best recruiting base in America because never mind within five hours, within an hour of that school are thousands of quality football players. Um national name, national brand, everything. But nobody would tell you Georgia's the best football player program in the country because they don't have the national titles. They have one in 1980. Nobody's going to give that to you. Despite the fact that probably with everything, if you took national titles out of the, 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 the equation, from a program standpoint, Georgia is probably superior to Alabama, probably superior to, to Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio. It probably is. Once they get the national title, they can have that, that title. Ooh, that's a strong statement. Georgia's a better program than Alabama. Woo! I I would if you said I could have one job I would take Georgia over Alabama, I just would you could, because I mean, you could probably if you recruit the top ten players in Georgia if you get eight of them you might have eight of the top ten players in the country in Alabama you get eight of the top ten players you might have two of the top ten players in the country maybe I mean that's the Atlanta metro area yeah. and that there's just it's just so fertile and then you're not you're not that far from Florida and getting into there and you know. You, you just it, Georgia to me. Plus, you play in the East year in and year out. You're not you, 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 but you might play Alabama once every decade. You know your toughest competition is Florida, who right now with Dan Mullen, they're going to win a lot of games, but they're never going to recruit at the level that you are. Then who? Then who are we talking about? Tennessee? No, South Carolina. <laughs> and you know Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri. Come on, you know you make, that, you make a compelling case. That's I mean that's not playing Auburn, LSU. Texas A&M every year. Yeah, but, it's but, not. but like you said, Georgia doesn't but have the But they'll never get it because they don't have the national you got to have the rings. you got to have the trophies to be the best program. So, that, yeah, once State gets it, there it's going to be like a paradigm shift. It's going to be like, yep, State's the best program now. So. The other I, question is this. What, next year when Mang- Mangum is gone, McNamee, small, what, what, what happens next year? Are they back? Are they just way too early? 
Is that a super regional team again next year? Can't I mean take you know obviously like you said some breaks got to go your way. But I mean when you tell me we're bringing back Jordan Westberg, Tanner Allen, Tanner Allen, Foscue, uh you know uh Luke Hancock has been good this year. You know he's going to be a player. Gunnar Halter, uh Hatcher, Hayden Jones, and then in the mound you're going to have JT Ginn is in his second year. I think Sarantola can take a step forward. To me, I don't know. I don't want to put it all on Eric Sarantola, but if He's somebody like if somebody like a Sarantola or becomes a quality or Blake starter, somebody, becomes that yeah, Brandon becomes Smith. a heck of a number two. Yeah, and, and then a Brandon Smith or somebody settles into that three role, yeah, then, then, then yeah, yeah, you could see this you got, very you've, easy got, you've got the talent there for sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, some guys have to take strides forward, but then again, I mean, you kind of expect them to take strides forward. But, I so. Mean, the sophomores all took strides forward this year. Foscue, Westberg. Sarantola, his last few outings have been has looked really good. You think about the sophomores. Foscue, Allen, Westberg, and uh, Rowdy Jordan. That's the main core of it, right? All took a step forward this year. You know, Jordan took a while to get there, but yeah. he's he's locked in right now. Tanner Allen's the best hitter on the team right now. Uh, Westberg was the best hitter on the team for most of the season. And then Justin Foscue, have, since day one, has been good. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think so. And then all those guys are back next year. 2021 might be an interesting year. you got to replace quite a bit, but we'll see. But then again, that's two years down the road. Who knows who comes in and makes an immediate impact? Yeah, what if Blaze Jordan decides he yeah. wants to play college baseball? Yeah, uh, or who knows if you might not get a, a JUCO transfer, mm-hmm. the caliber of somebody like a Nate Lowe that came in yeah. and made immediate You just don't, you just don't, you don't, don't know. know. But, don't know. but um, you do know that this program, it took to get back from, from the end of Ron Polk and John Cohen the first couple of years, it took, it took a decade. But the program has been rebuilt to where it was in the '80s, and now they're going to see if you can take it further. And I—it's so easy to sit here and say this today with we, we State on the on the brink of another Omaha trip. But I, I, I think, regardless of the circumstances and how it happened, and I think the right man might have fell into the lap of John Cohen to 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 hire for this job. Got it. Got it. Give me. I can't make. He's done a fantastic job. A plus this year. But I, I had really high expectations for this team. Whoever had coached, I, it I did too. Would have been fine. But, but state is recruiting at a high yeah, level still. Let's, let's 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 at this time next year. I'll have my answer. Just sort of like with Joe Moorhead, a little disappointing in year one. But I'm going to give it another year before I have my answer because I want to see. Same same with Lamonis. Right now, I'm very impressed. He's pushed all the right buttons all year. He's made the right decisions. Nothing has gone wrong. That's the other thing we talked about though. You know, for, we talked about this the other day. What adversity have they faced? None. Hardly any. Yeah. So, you know, I want to see how he coaches when the chips are down a little bit, but we may not see that until you get into Omaha. And, and truthfully with Chris, too, I love the way he's kind of managed JT Ginn. Mm-hmm. A guy who has those competitive juices flowing that has wanted to pitch at times and things, and Chris is just like, no, your arm's too valuable. We're going to take Well, that's you how out. you recruit. Yeah. You want to <laughs> recruit elite pitchers? Show them that you care. Yeah. You know, and as much as it might be frustrating the average MSU fan, the average high-end pitcher – is looking at that and going, that's a coach I can trust with my future. Yep. And that, my friend, is how you recruit. You know, what you do with your players that you have is how recruiting works. Yeah, it's made easier by the fact that State is, you know, like them or don't, inconsistency or not, State is deep on the mound. And they have some, you know, they have some quality arms to, to, to go with and things. So it's made easier by the fact that there's other guys that he can kind of think that he can trust too. But Kudos to him, I think, for the way he's managed everything. We've heard nothing positive things from him, from the players and things, even before they 
got to this point. Just talking about how he's managed things and, and how he's uh, made practices. Really, they know what time they're going to start this and get done, and they can you know base their schedules around. Everything that we've heard about Chris Limonis from day one, nothing at all but positive. And uh, I don't know. You, that's not always the case with coaches. Sometimes you sense frustration with coaches. Sometimes you – um, can tell that there's some animosity between players. And if that's the case on this team, I haven't seen a lot. They've done a good job of masking it, yeah, yeah. for sure. We'll switch over to, uh, to football. Our second SEC preview of the, the summer, the Florida Gators. 10-3 and three a season ago, uh, and with a win in the, what was they were in the Peach Bowl last year. Um, losses to Georgia, LSU, and then a fluke, Loss that Mississippi State fans might go, eh, it happens, to Missouri. Mullen always good for one that he probably shouldn't have. Um, bring back quite a bit this year. Felipe Franks, obviously, is, is probably going to be the quarterback there. Uh, they've got some talent, but are they an elite program right now? I don't think so. They're, they're very, very good, but they're not in the top tier yet. So we'll see if this year gets them there. And, of course, they have the showcase game of week of what is known as Week Zero. The first week of the college football season. They have three buys this year. Now, the first one is right after week zero. So it's basically they're just sitting out the opening week of college football. And then they have their regular two buys. But they start the year off in Orlando, Florida against the Miami Hurricanes. The U. The U. I got a soft spot for the U. All yesterday's baseball game notwithstanding. I always liked the U back in the day. Last year, we were sort of doing the same thing, right? We were looking at LSU in Miami and saying, oh, man. Miami's going to kill them, and, and, and Miami was just not good. This is a uh, Dan Mullen-Manny Diaz reunion. They'll be on the opposite sidelines here. So I think you have that sort of interesting chess match of I know his tendencies and he knows mine. How does it all play out? At the end of the day, I think Florida's just better than I Miami. So I'll take I the Gators. I'll I'm begrudgingly take the Gators. And then I think we'll both take them to beat Tennessee Martin. So 2-0. and And then they travel to Kentucky looking for revenge from last year's uh, – Streak ending loss. I think they're going to get it. I do too, man. Three and zero. Three and zero. I think they're going to be. I think this team. This schedule sets up nicely. They set up nicely. They welcome Tennessee, who they haven't lost to, and I think they've lost to once in the last decade at best. Uh, Tennessee's not there yet, so that, I'm going to take the Gators again. Four and zero. Five and zero because they're going to be playing Towns Towson yeah. next week, uh, and then a, a a a home game against the Auburn Tigers. I think if you've listened to Sports Talk Mississippi, you know this about me already. I don't know about you, Joel, but I'm not high on Auburn. I'm not either. Not seeing it. I mean, it, the whole Gus Malzahn thing just sets up to be dumpster fire again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't like Auburn. And so. it's a home game, and anytime I'm, I'm kind of iffy on things. Take the home team. Take the home team. And teams. I think Mullen's a better coach than Malzahn. Yeah. So give me, give me uh, Florida to go to six and zero when they travel to Baton Rouge. This has the potential to be a top five matchup. I I don't know unless you schedule off the top of my head, but if they beat Texas, I think they should be undefeated coming into this game. This could be a titanic, like talking about the kind of LSU Florida games you got a decade ago, kind of game. I like LSU at home in this one. I'll take the the Tigers. Football. Um. Uh, I, I yeah I. I've just seen too much Dan Mullen football through the years to just trust him to go into Baton Rouge and, yeah. and win this game. Especially I, when the teams are pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I, I know that he came and got a big road win last year in his old stomping grounds here at State. Yeah, but that's, that's uh, but, not but that's, this that's LSU that's different. I, I'm going to go with you. I think LSU, LSU gets that win. So. we got to find the, the, the loss here. 
because I think there'll, there'll be the extra loss, but I don't see it. Uh, they finish out the season, you know, uh, when's their last bye week? It's between, uh, oh, it's before the, uh, the cocktail party. After the LSU game, they travel to South Carolina. Uh, I don't like South Carolina this year. I think Will Muschamp, that eight-win season a couple years ago, or nine-win was, was a bit of a fluke. Uh, so give me the Gators here. Yep. Take the week off, and then it's the cocktail party. I think we're, we're in a new era of Georgia dominance in this rivalry. Florida has yep. dominated for so long, but I think Georgia's here now. So we'll both take them, the Bulldogs to win that? Yep. So what are they now? We haven't really kept up. They're, I think, uh, that's seven some, and two. Something and two. Seven yeah. and two, yeah. And then the last three games... Look at Florida. They're, they're, they, have the, they have the uh, week 13 bye week. So they have the, the bye week right before rival. Rival. I can never say that word. I can Rivalry never, week. I can't ever get it, man. It's always rival week. It comes out like that. <laughs> um, but then they play Vanderbilt on the ninth yeah. uh, in, yeah. in Gainesville. I'll take the, the Gators. Eight and win. two. Eight and two. Road trip to Missouri. Now, this is a team that beat them last year. Now, it was it was Drew Locke that beat them. Yeah. He, he was dominant. I don't think Kelly Bryant is in the same class. I, I liked Kelly Bryant to come here. But and I, I think he'll be okay at Missouri, but that was I think that was that was really a bit of a fluke game. So I, maybe I'm not going to have the floor the the Florida fluke loss here, and I'll take Florida to beat Missouri. Yep, I'm and, with you. And then here's the thing about Florida State. No, the, I have seen uh, people describe Florida State's last year last year's offensive line as an atrocity. That's like a war crime. It was so bad, and you don't get better on the. You can get better at wide receiver in year one, in one year. Running back, quarterback, maybe even in the secondary. You do not get better on the offensive line in one year. You, you just can't do it. So Florida State against the Florida defense, against that Todd Grantham defense. Yeah, give me the give me the Gators. Ten and two. Ten and two. Uh second in the East. Probably back in an access bowl. Probably, you know, Orange Bowl. So I don't I don't know the playoff balls off the top of my head. Uh, Orange Bowl, something like that, Sugar Bowl. They could they could be if the, the the SEC is going to have I mean because I think LSU they're not going to lose more than two games and then you have Georgia and, and Alabama I think Georgia and Alabama will meet in the SEC championship game undefeated and I think they might both get into the playoff and so LSU will probably go to the Sugar Bowl unless the Sugar Bowls I don't, again I don't know so I can see Florida maybe in the Cotton Bowl something like that that's what I'm thinking yeah. Florida the Cotton Bowl that's where we're going you but, know but you like, know what though it's not good enough they didn't win the championship. And this is where this is Mullen's paradox is they're going to be better, but they're not going to win championships, and that's what he was hired to do, and that's going to be a problem. This is getting away from Florida a little bit okay. here, but like you just said, and I'm with you, Alabama and Georgia will maybe meet for the SEC championship, both undefeated, both probably getting the playoff. How anticlimactic is this thing? Because, like it seems like every year we're expecting. Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and yeah. <laughs> seems like every year is just the same yeah. dang hamster wheel. Well, over there's and over. there's three teams right now that you feel like you can pencil in, and that's Clemson, you know, and Clemson, Alabama. Georgia, and Alabama. And then it's just who's the fourth team? Is it Oklahoma? Is it Texas? Is Ohio State jump back into the mix? Can can Michigan and you know finally put it together? There's really nobody out west that you look at and you think okay they they could be in it. Uh, in the ACC, there's nobody to challenge Clemson. Um, in the you know, it's just not. We've never talked about this. Are you an eighteen playoff guy? No, I, I don't. I'm just not. You know, I thought the, I think the the playoff so far this has delivered the four best teams every year to me. You know, it just has. And and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we had eight teams, we'd still end up with Clemson versus Alabama, and that's all that matters. You know, it, that's that's it. So now I'm not. You know, 
I don't care. Now that said, if they that said if they want to do it, I'm not one of these people who's just going to you know be vociferous in my opposition. Yeah. I'll watch if you put college football on television, I will watch it. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I am definitely not one of these. We got too many bowls. We don't have enough bowls. I want as much college football as I can get. I'm gonna, I'm gonna milk that cow till it's dry. Will Will Gilmer got nothing on me for getting college football out. So yeah, Florida ten and two, probably a top ten team, and back into an access bowl, but not good enough. Not good enough. I'm telling you, we're about two years away from people saying, "Is Mullen ever going to beat Georgia?" Mm-hmm. It's tough to win, bro. It's tough. Half the teams win, half the teams lose. All right, who's next week? Give me a West team that's not Alabama, Mississippi State, or Ole Miss. Um, oh, we, we, we did Arkansas. I, I was we say, did Arkansas. I can't say Alabama. We did Arkansas. You're right. I forgot. So I can't say Alabama? You can't say Alabama. That'd be anticlimactic. <laughs> you never know. You, do, you sort of know. LSU. We're going to do the Tigers next week. All right, then, Joe. Yeah. We're coming. <laughs> We're coming to do the predictions, and we ain't backing down. All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, we'll know who in Mississippi State is playing in the Super Regional. We'll know the times. We'll know the dates. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend, it's supposed to be a rainy weekend here in Starkville. So hopefully, uh, the weatherman can uh, can make some changes for us somehow, some way. Uh, plus, anything else that pops up, we will definitely give that a look. Until tomorrow, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.